Buzz Pat. Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, you're listening to The Pat Richter Show with Jim Rutledge and former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. Welcome into the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN. The ESPN app and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. We're brought to you in part by Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience at Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. I've had a couple uh, better buying experiences at Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. Dana and his team out there is fantastic. I started with a Colorado. Now I have Silverado. If you're in the market for a new Chevy truck. Or a used or pre-owned Chevy truck, I recommend Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. Uh, you can get it to the show 844-770-3776 at Jim Rutledge at ESPN Madison on Twitter as well, or ways for you to get into the show. And uh, we do hopefully have Pat Richter uh, ready to go here in a minute. But until we do, we got a lot to get into today, uh, including uh, Packers talk and uh, obviously some uh, news with the Wisconsin Badgers. And, Pat, I wanted to start. Well, first, how are you doing today, Pat? Doing great. Fantastic. It's a little warm, but a little great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is definitely uh, a warm-up here. And I, I wanted camp to, weather. Right. Well, and not, not really necessarily baseball weather since the, the Brewers have uh, had some games either postponed or, or rained out uh, with the Chicago Cubs. But I wanted to start with an interesting article from The Athletic today. Uh, it was from Jesse Temple. Uh, the headline here says former Wisconsin personnel director Saeed Khalif uh, on UW success, recruiting challenges, and what he faced at Mich- at Wisconsin while he left Michigan State. And the interesting part that I kind of took away from it, and look, there's definitely going to be probably some sour grapes to this, so you got to take it with a grain of salt. But I found it interesting with some of the insight into the Badgers um, kind of recruiting department and his department as far as personnel director uh, that he's going to Michigan State coached by Mel Tucker, uh, former Badger here. But uh, Michigan State's got a staff of 12 in that department, and that department kind of handles getting out uh, flyers to um, potential recruits, organizing the trips, organizing who these coaches should be going to see for, kind of really laying all the groundwork for the coaches to come in and and kind of, you know, cement the the right players there, but putting brains of the the players the coaches should be looking for and, and kind of almost hyping up the university to those kids. And he kind of said that Wisconsin staff, was probably a little bit thinner than it needs to be to the word he used was recruit uh, at a level that matches their, their school record as far as their great football team. And just with a little bit more emphasis on recruiting, they could be right up there with the top echelon programs. Well, I think he's, he's probably got a, a point to, to, a, to a certain extent. Uh, I think that there's a lot of difference there between Michigan State and Wisconsin, and I think Wisconsin's success you know, they've done pretty doggone well, and I, I, I think there'd be a little bit of a to say that you could kick it up a notch and whatever, which maybe means that you try to get at a level of Ohio State, et cetera, is one thing. I think he's probably finding that the numbers that he's got at Michigan State is probably a good reason for that, and that's probably because, you know, they're competing against Michigan, and they really got to 
you know, scour the 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 woods to pick up the student athletes that uh, maybe that they think they can get in there. That would say, well, if I'm going to go to Detroit area or Michigan area, I'm going to go to Michigan if I have a chance. So I think there's a little bit of a difference in that respect. And I think that you know, I, I I'm not familiar with the, the terminology and the personnel director. I obviously know it from a corporate standpoint about recruiting. But I think that the, you know there's a lot of things you can do. You know, I, I get I still get calls today from uh, from alums and people like that in California and other places that uh, have got student athletes that they think are are certainly can play at Wisconsin, and for some reason they have either a connection or they they want to uh, to come to Wisconsin, and so that we try to make that easy on them and turn it over to the recruiting coordinator. And so, uh, you know, I think that that's you know, I, I think I would be more inclined to not tweak a good thing that, that's, that's happened in Wisconsin, and they've, they've done things very well for the period of time that uh, we're talking about, and that they've had that success. And I think that you, if you were having people recruiting for that aspect, you've got to really know what you, what kind of a student athlete you're looking for. I think Wisconsin is unique, is obviously because of academics and the type of person they're looking for and what the school's all about. You have to make sure that you got these people trained to to go out and, and to look for the certain kind of person that you want. And I think that you don't want to change the, the locker room uh, vibes, and so to speak, and there's a certain kind of athlete that comes here and that they've had pretty good success. So I think I'd be I certainly would take it and understand it and try to synthesize and then kind of pull it apart and say, okay, what are they really talking about and things like this. And, uh, you know, he's, he's probably not necessarily on the border of, of uh, being a, a kind of a sour grapes, but I think he probably felt it had a good opportunity. And I think sometimes people like to go where there's a place where somebody's just started out like Mel's new. And certainly I think it's a, it's a bigger bowl over there when you're fighting up against Michigan. When maybe you you get an athlete to come to Wisconsin, or excuse me, to uh, to come to Michigan State, then you've got some bragging rights, and that's probably very important to them over there. And Pat, one of the other things I saw was interesting is uh, there was an article, a piece in the article here that talked about uh, Brett Bielema saying that um, some of the, it was tough to get the the kids from warm weather states to come here, and it was kind of used against Wisconsin for recruiting. But uh, one of the things that was pointed out was in 2018, uh, they were allowed to have summer official visits, and the Badgers took full advantage of that. And all of a sudden, the early signing period uh, actually made a difference there by by having the kids here in the summer officially and getting them signed up at a time when they realized that Wisconsin and Madison is beautiful and it's not cold all the time. Uh, was helpful was helpful to them getting a few more players up here that maybe wouldn't have considered Wisconsin once they you know instead of signing in February or having winter visits, these kids were able to have early commitments and uh, be up here when it's beautiful. Yeah, I think that makes a lot more sense. I think uh, <laughs> certainly if you talk to Wisconsin and you looked at it, and you say. Gee, that would uh, make a lot of sense to recruit in a warm weather and not just having, uh, like we when we had Rufus Ferguson came in and he was wearing a white suit coming off the plane from Miami. I mean, it was pretty easy to see where Rufus was. And Willie Austin, I remember Willie Austin actually committed when he came to a recruiting dinner in December sometime and it was snowing and he had a stocking cap on. So it depends on whether people look. Some people look at long term. And they think if I'm going to play, uh, have a, a chance to play professional and go on to the next level, you know, I'm going to have to deal with these kinds of issues and, and I'd be a more flexible. I'd maybe use it as an opportunity. But I think certainly the opportunity to, to recruit uh, individuals at this time of the year in the summer or before 
practice starts and, and you have a chance to come in, see the lakes and all the things that are going on in Madison, I think certainly weighs more heavily, I think, in terms of you know trying to get more people to uh, get numbers rather than quality. And I think that, uh, that I think to add those little nuances to the recruiting process probably will mean a lot more than just doing a whole overhaul of the system and throw a lot of people at it and uh, use those resources better wise to get the quality and use the resources against them to really recruit hard on those people that they think they definitely have a chance to get into school. And Pat, last thing on this I just thought was interesting because a lot of this article was more of like Paul has a way he wants to recruit, doesn't want to vary from it. Some of the coaches are more open to varying from it. And a lot of it had to do with like, hey, we're Wisconsin. Either you want to come here or you don't, and you should know who we are. And uh, the, the point in the article is more of like promote Wisconsin more, promote how great of academic school is, promote how beautiful it is, promote how great it is in football, recruit to your level. But the one thing I thought was interesting, there was social media accounts, in particular Twitter, that they ran for a while that there were no uh, violations for many schools have hyping up the university, hyping up the state of Wisconsin. It's just a Badger recruiting uh, Twitter handle, and if you handle it right, you can have it. But that was an- that was one another thing that was shut down in the middle of it, which was another thing that kind of put the Badgers just a little bit further behind, a small thing there. but And I know it seems trivial, but in today's day and age, like I think you almost have to uh, advertise or market yourself to these kids. Even if you think, and they should know how great Wisconsin is, there is an aspect to – Playing that Scott, the Badgers have done it on their own social once in a while, but playing that Scott Van Pelt video talking about how great Wisconsin is or, or, or a Jim Rome video talking about how great Wisconsin is as a state or, or other big things and just self-promoting some. But that's one of the things that Paul and some of the staff, according to the article here, don't necessarily feel comfortable with. But that is a fair point of in today's day and age, that's kind of what you're competing against. Absolutely. I think those are the kinds of things. I, mean, I look at those things as, as not something that's just a major a change and a shift and whatever, but there are little nuances of things that, that you have to do to make sure that you're at least competitive. You, know, you may not like the platform and things like this because of some of the negative things that happened and the fact that didn't have any issues and whatever is all well and good to, to advertise that, but if, if you can do the same sorts of things and get the right kind of people that you want, in the school, then I think you've got to do all use all those uh, different types of, uh, of of platforms. And I, you know, I guess I question the one thing: the fellow that left went to Michigan State. You know, did he try to Im- implement some of those things? I mean, he's got all these ideas and things like this now, and you now he's over Michigan State, and they they must need had a need to get somebody in here and figured. Well, whatever he was doing at Wisconsin must have been uh, pretty good because uh, they they went they came out and took him over to Michigan State. So he must have done something good here to get that opportunity to have an op- you know to supposedly get a promotion and and maybe more responsibility over at Michigan State. So you have to kind of pick and choose the little things uh, that maybe make sense and some things that that are not uh, the uh, things that move the needle, so to speak. And I think that certainly makes a lot of sense. But but he's, he did some things that here were, that were good enough to get him noticed. And so I think I, I make sure that those things are things that you don't lose, but then add to them on the different types of marketing opportunities. And certainly you have to look at this in the context of the nil, name, image, and likeness, and all those things. I mean, I just happened to see a, a show this afternoon on television. It was a golf 
golf show, and they were doing a lot of Arizona State stuff and there were things like this. And they went right through the process in terms of saying what does it do in terms of, you know, the opportunities of the school and what they can do, how does it tie into the USGA. So this is huge. I mean, this is all over the world now, and I think you have to make sure that we play in that arena and not shy away from it. We should have enough people that are that are savvy enough to work in that without creating any problems. And I think that's certainly what they're doing. We just do it in a sort of quiet way. But I think you, you, certainly some th- good things were done in order to get him an opportunity. So I think we have to take that into consideration as well. Yeah, and you know, obviously this article was you know his side of it. He did say he brought some of it up. The Twitter was there. But separately, Pat, I wanted to ask you, uh, during your time, I mean, what were some adaptations that – because, I mean, this is something – that you know, you, you lifted the program, and then obviously, you know, Barry's kept it there, and now Max trying to lift it to another level. Uh, I mean, as things evolved, there probably were things during your time that were kind of newish uh, to you in recruiting that now probably are staples. Were there things that, as athletic director, were either brought to your attention by Barry or other, you know, other Bo Ryan or whatever, other staff, or they kind of saying, like, hey, this is a new way to recruit? Were there different trends that were surprising to you then that are kind of around now? Not too much. I mean, pretty much uh, you kind of go along as long as you're within the rules and the regulations and things like this. I think they're much more aware of it and, and just uh, go ahead and you have to have faith in them that they're doing the right sort of thing. I think the main thing is that you just make sure that, that whatever you're doing, you're doing uh, you're putting it in the face of the university up front and that you're not putting it in jeopardy for something that doesn't make a lot of sense for the institution. And I think you have to take it in the context that you're you're going to be recruiting against individuals and, and schools that have a lot different perspective on this in terms of whether or not they uh trying to maybe offer some dollars to student-athletes to come in there. What about the academics? Can they get into school? All those things that you can talk about. And I've mentioned it before on the show that I went to any number of recruiting dinners that we've had back when we first started out, and uh, – there were big athletes, you know, four or five star athletes that we recruited, and we just couldn't get them in. And they, and you end up playing against them, went to a Michigan or someplace like that, and uh, and we just couldn't get them in Wisconsin. And I think you have to understand that you'll never see somebody using that as an excuse, but that's a reality. I mean, there's no, even though the institutions of the Big Ten are somewhat similar in respect to land grants and research facilities, things like this. The actual recruiting process has to take into consideration what the, not just the entrance requirements are, or the fact that you can become eligible. You're eligible under NCAA rules, but you're not admitted under the school's uh, admission standards. That's different things. It happened to Diamond Stone, and uh, mm-hmm. it happens in a number of cases. And I think that that just shows that we've been able to do things. Uh, according to what the university wants to have done and do them in the right way and to still be very successful about it. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin Demand. Your favorite ESPN Wisconsin shows are now available everywhere. Subscribe to your favorite shows free on the Wisconsin On Demand app. Welcome back to the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Martin Lynch with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. I am with uh, former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. We're brought to you in part by JK Securities. 
Uh, you go to jksecurities.com to learn more. jksecurities.com to learn more. Jeff and Kim do a fantastic job, uh, and they can help you control uh, the most important things in your world from anywhere in the world locally owned. They give a lot back to the community. They do a lot of great things. So JK Security Solutions, highly recommend them. Pat's used them. I know a lot of others have used them. They are fantastic. Uh, Pat, I wanted to get to the Green Bay Packers here. I uh, know Aaron Rodgers at practice today. It was a veteran day. Uh, we're not going to see Aaron Rodgers probably at all during the preseason year, which makes sense, which means you're going to see a lot of Jordan Love and Kurt Benkert. And it's hard to know what you're going to get out of the quarterback here from Jordan Love. But I will say that I think the only thing that Packer fans, uh, unless Jordan Love looks terrible, there's not a lot you can take out of what's going on in the preseason. If he's out there making some plays, then you know he's capable. But, you know, Matt Flynn, Mitch Trubisky, Brett, there's a lot, a, lot of good quarter, a lot of quarterbacks who aren't that good who have had solid preseasons, but it is important to get off on the right foot and at least have a solid to good preseason. Yeah, I think you want to just make sure you try to get to some things done that don't create a lot of controversy. I mean, let's just face it. I mean, this is going to be a very tough situation for the young man. I don't care whether you make four unbelievable pass connections and then all of a sudden want to throw one interception that maybe doesn't it bounces off somebody or whatever. I mean, everything's going to be under a microscope. And I think that uh, this is going to be a very, very difficult situation for him. And I, I think that it's hard-pressed to, you know, you think of all the things that are going working at place here. You got you know, obviously things the teams you're playing are going to want to make sure that they uh, they hard as they want to make their bones so to speak on Jordan Love. They know that the controversy with uh, Aaron Rodgers is there. They know if they make a couple of good plays on him and make it tough on him that he's going to feel the pressure and things are going to be a tough game. Not so much in the preseason, but uh, if it happens later on, he has to be put in there. I think it all feeds into that. And I think that uh, the fact that uh, Aaron is not taking any snaps as well I mean, that necessarily, uh, I think, is not the best situation either. I mean, it's it's done for a reason, but the fact is, is you think that uh, all of a sudden you just after six months of controversy and things like this, and walking in the training camp, I mean, he's an exceptional athlete, exceptional person, he's a bright guy, and everything else. But I mean, it's bound to take a little bit of a time off, and I kind of reminds me of when we used to at the university, they talk about conditioning. And uh, John Detman was a strength and conditioning person. He said, you know, we really don't expect everybody to come in in top-notch condition for the first game of the season. You want to maybe shoot for the fourth or fifth game or third or fourth or fifth game to be at peak performance because you can't hold it there that long. In other words, if you came in at the beginning of the season and try to hold it, especially now in the pro game with 17 games, there's no way in the world you can keep yourself in top condition in that way. So they're probably projecting it down in terms of, maybe not being at the top condition right away, but I'm in the fifth, sixth, seventh game and things like this. But I think that this, uh, the scrutiny that's going to be uh, on Jordan Love in the preseason is going to be immense. I mean, I, I mean, in fact, I saw the crawl today on ESPN. Rogers not expected to play in the preseason game. So, I mean, what's the big news? I mean, he never has. 
Most plays doesn't happen. In the same breath, they say that somebody else is maybe at uh, Indianapolis or somewhere else is not going to play preseason. Well, that's just normal. So I mean, so they're making a big deal out just of everything, and you can imagine the coverage of the, this game is going to be so immense. You just make sure that your running game is working well, and that you can feed off of that a little bit. Make sure you get some good yardage, and then uh, play action passes and try to absorb that a little bit. I think if he is able to. To absorb this kind of a situation and this kind of scrutiny, I think that says an awful lot about the young man, certainly from a composure standpoint. And uh, I think, face it, we've seen things in preseason training camp so far that say, you know, there are maybe three or four good plays and maybe there's a bad play and things like this. I think those are the things you want to make sure that you work on. Those are the things that were kind of the, the bad things that you came out of college with and making sure that you take care correct those situations and learn from the rest of the things you when you're around Aaron Rodgers and learn from that. And so I think that uh, we all hope that the season goes well and that Aaron does just knocks the socks off it. He's healthy and everything else and again the chance to maybe see if he can back in the next year and whatever. But uh, there's just an awful lot of moving parts here and I don't think anybody should be surprised at what happens. Yes, there, there's a lot of moving parts and I think one of the moving parts here is that Jordan Love is essentially um, a rookie. He, he really had a red shirt. You could, all, I mean, he, he was he never, I don't think he ever dressed. There was no preseason, didn't take any meaningful snaps, didn't have any meaningful moments, didn't really do anything outside of be around. He essentially could have been as equal to hurt last year. So this is an opportunity for him that it's not a year behind, but it is basically his rookie year. This year is how I kind of look at it. But also, the Packers do have to make sure, and I'm sure that they're going to roll with it left either way, but that they have a viable backup quarterback this year because uh, they at least felt a little bit more comfortable with Tim Boyle last year than, than Love. And Love and Ben Kurt are not guys who um, have any proven ability. So the Packers not only have to worry about the future, but they have to worry about the here and now that you know if Rodgers goes down, Love uh, can carry the ship for a game or two. Yeah, and we and we don't know enough about him, uh, even compared to Brett Hundley. And uh, yep. I, and I I always was a, a kind of a proponent of Boyle. I, I thought he was had some real good qualities and some abilities, and I thought that maybe he would be the guy. And uh, that's what was kind of surprising to me, anyway, with respect to the acquisition of uh, Love. Is that uh, Boyle? There must have been something that they saw that just could not take him to the X level, the one we don't see in the field. But I thought he'd handled himself quite well and had grown in the process. Uh, the thing that you got here is that, uh, you know, knock on wood, we don't want Aaron to get injured. But unless that happens, you're not going to want to know a hell of a lot about him other than what you see in these games coming up here now. And we all know that you're not going to see the frontliners in many respects. And so you're you're playing, uh, you're looking at this in terms of, you know who is the opponent, and it's the opponent has made backups and uh, second, third teamers, maybe a couple of plays for first teamers. So it's going to be something you have to really analyze to make sure and see what you're what you're comparing against here. What what kind of ability from the standpoint of your quarterback is playing against what kind of ability on the other side? It's going to be a very interesting process, and I. But it just seems like it's going to be very very hard unless something happens to Aaron to get a, a, a enough of quality of work to be analyzed to say uh, we feel very comfortable to get into the next season. You just don't see that. And I think that uh, when Brett left, 
Uh, I think everybody felt very comfortable with Aaron. They had seen him in practices in the in the uh, out of season, and when Brett didn't come to some of the practices and things like that, and, and Aaron did it. The players knew what they had, and that's why you didn't see an awful lot of consternation when that move was made. And so we don't have that here. You just don't have as much to see. It would be nice to maybe look peek under the tent though, and just to see. Okay, well, let's say nobody's really talked about well. What, what did you see in Jordan Love that made you want to do this? What was the what was the analysis uh, in terms of what we're getting here in terms of a particular point in time in in the lifespan of uh, Aaron Rodgers and why this person would be the anointed one, so to speak? What was it you saw there? Was it because it was time when the coaches were changing and things like this? So it's. There's an awful lot of things in there, a lot of answered questions that aren't maybe really titillating to the fans and whatever, but I think you'd like to know what the heck the, the word was on, on, and in terms of how that happened and why. This is the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin, the man. We're on the Packers. Are you on the Scalzo and Russ Super Bowl 56 train down Route 1 to Los Angeles? Because we're on Wisconsin sports. Nobody covers the green and gold like 100.5 ESPN. where you can learn about physical therapy. TheOrthoTeam.com is where you learn Dr. Rob can help you. TheStoneHealth.com, you also uh, can, can see uh, how um, different uh, Dr. Schwab can help with different ways uh, with um, having acid reflux, whether it's the GERD procedure or other. Stoughton Health, uh, getting better together. Uh, this is the Jump Around 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge with Pat Richter, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. And Pat, I want it, or actually now it's time for Sounds of the Week. No sounds, I guess. Uh, I'm not hearing it either. We might have something sent to us. The Pat Show, brought to you by Simden Chevrolet and Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience. Well, I hit the wrong sound at the uh, at the beginning, so that's probably why you couldn't hear it. But now we're back on track. Hi, Pat. Hi. Happy Wednesday. Yes, how are you? I'm wonderful. Uh, how are you? You're, you're well, I assume. Uh, where should we start? Should we start with the Hall of Fame, or should we start with Donald Driver, Pat? Oh, let's start with the Hall of Fame. with the old-timers out first. Let's start with the old-timers. <laughs> first up is Peyton Manning. Here's about a minute spiel about the game of football. Probably the best soundbite from the Hall of Fame this past weekend. Now, when we leave this stage tonight, it is no longer about us. It is about cultivating the game that has given so much to us. It's about nurturing football to live and thrive another day, another year, decade, and another generation. It's about guaranteeing that kids everywhere can learn, bond, grow, and have fun with every flag pulled, every tackle made, every pass thrown, every run, block, sack, and touchdown scored. The audience here tonight is made up of diehard fans who feel football deep in your bones. Now, we may have ignited the fire, but you, you have fanned the flames. Inevitably, those flames will be whipped by the winds of change, but they don't need to smolder. The future of this game is ours to shape. We just need to take tomorrow on our shoulders as readily as we donned our pads before each game. 
Let this moment become a cherished memory. And then remember, a legacy is only worthwhile when there is a future to fuel. God bless you, and God bless football. Oof, Pat, doesn't that sound like a future <laughs> NFL commissioner right there? I was just going to say, I didn't realize he had a commissioner election coming up. <laughs> I think he said everything perfectly well and understanding. And you know, the one thing he left out, of course, as you guys probably guess, is a little bit of the, the safety and concussions aspect of it. Right. And we just have to ignore that. I mean, we can do all those kinds of things. And, and I don't think anybody would dispute anything that he said there in terms of uh, the legacy and the putting the pads on and the fans and everybody else. And, but I think that uh, as we move into this next uh, era, so to speak, I think those are the things that are going to be the, the product of what's happening. But certainly it's going to be affected by the fact of about testing and the young people. I mean, I, it, you can't ignore the fact that the football already has uh, suffered a little bit in terms of the participation rates and sure. things like this and uh, yeah, things that are kind of un- uncertain out there. But, it, you know, it's, it's, it just keeps... So many forces pushing it. I mean, the, the college playoffs are a little bit larger, professional ranks, expansion of games, all those kinds of things. It's feeding that frenzy that uh, everybody wants to uh, to participate in and, and watch and everything else. But he just, you know, there's some forces out there that we can't ignore the fact that uh, there are some things out there that may just put a tremendous damper on the way we look at the game. And I think that, I mean, you don't just uh, all of a sudden have couple billion dollar settlements with respect to concussion uh, circumstances and things like this without some basis for doing that. And I think that, uh, you know, we probably don't know everything that's going on, but certainly there are forces in it to try to identify what's happening at the lowest levels and to uh, to make sure that we have uh, the children are safe and everything else, and uh, and that's the important part that people are looking at. And uh, you're just not going to get past a lot of the parents. Mm. I mean, there's still going to be that carrot out there. When you start talking about that kind of money, it's going to be hard to overlook that. But you have to make sure we recognize that some of the issues that are coming up are be significant and and game changing possibilities. That's really really well said, Pat. Well said. Uh, we'll stay at the Hall of Fame now. Go to Charles Woodson, who was also inducted this week and here's he's he's celebrating a little bit let's hear from charles i leave you with this be unique innovative learn discipline you own undeniable respect love everyone give everything never doubt build your legend thank you we in the hall of fame baby we in the Hall of Fame, baby. Uh, good to good to see Seawood get in. There was also a clip where he was singing to his mom and, and thanking her, which was awesome to see. I don't know if you caught that, Pat, but yeah. good to see a, a true Packers and NFL legend like Charles Woodson get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he was he was he was a special guy in terms of uh, the respect that he had for being a player. You know, even though he's uh, from Michigan, you know, and things like that, you know, we just make sure we uh, understand what he's saying. He's a very good of a wordsmith in respect to, uh, uh, you know, what he does because he's, as you may recall, on the championship ring, he had some words inside the ring that uh, were put on there, and he was the one that came up with that. He's a quality guy. I think he's a fan man. It's grown over the years. He's he was fun to watch and play, and he was gave everything he had, 
not a real big guy, but you could just see he had a passion for the game and understood it. All the things he said, or if you're participating in the game, that's exactly the way you want to play the game. There are things that are beyond your control, but these are the things you can kind of quantify and then maybe kind of gauge the way that you can participate and way you can play on a team level and do all the things necessary to be successful. And those are very much meaningful. And I think it says an awful lot that he has his mother induct him into the Hall of Fame. That's right. quality quality guy all the way. Yeah, no doubt about it. Definitely uh, definitely something very neat about that. One of the few I remember, at least in recent memory, to have a parent induct them, which was uh, which was pretty cool, especially his mom. Now let's, uh, let's go to Donald Driver, who joined uh, Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio earlier this week. He talked about a slew of things. First off, about Jordan Love, who you guys just talked a little bit about. So let's hear from Donald Driver on that. I think it just gives him an opportunity to create his own brand, his own platform. The hardest thing about this game is you have to wait your time. You know, I, I, I was drafted in the seventh round. He was drafted in the first round. One thing about the seventh round is that you don't get that opportunity when you first walk in those doors to put those shoes on your feet and go out there and play. But when the opportunity presents itself, you have to make the best of it. And when the opportunity presented for me, I made the best of it in preseason, and that allowed me to, as a seventh-round draft pick, to go on to make that team and then to go on to be the all-time practically receiving franchise history. I mean, who, what seven-round draft pick has ever done that? Jordan Love now has a platform to be able to show him that this is why you drafted me in the first round to one day, whatever day that may come, is to be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Well, uh, speaking of a wordsmith, somebody that's very well-spoken, you want to talk about number 80 Donald Driver, Pat? That's him on Jordan Love. What do you take away from that? I think I would put him in in the corner of Jordan Love's uh, training room, a training camp, and uh, his room, and (laughs) have him keep putting that stuff in his ear every day of the week. I mean, he's he's exactly right. I mean, given the opportunity, I mean, we've got our own Mark Tauscher to prove that as just as well. When you get late rounds and get an opportunity, and then you get in there and you just take a hold and never let it go. And and that's of course goes back to the people that uh, that are recruiting, not recruiting necessarily, but that are drafting you, is that they see those things. And that's really the key. And anybody as a general manager or personnel person, can you see those kinds of things? There was something they saw in Donald Driver. It wasn't all of a sudden Donald Driver showed up and he did these things that were saying, oh, my God, never saw those before. They saw that. Somebody didn't like it the way it was, but in terms of the way it fits in the culture and the Packers and things like this, it, it works. And that's, those are very important things to remember. And so I would, uh, I would think, take that tape and I'd put it in, uh, in uh, Jordan Love's uh, repertoire, his, his playlist and whatever, and keep pounding that thing in there. And I think it's nice to see he said some positive things because he said, and really boils down to it, is you've got an opportunity here and you're going to make the most of it. I mean, it's going to be a lot of pressure, but the, every game that you play in the NFL is going to be a lot of pressure. So it, he really said it well and uh, he was very much on target and I, I hope that uh, Jordan has a good chance to uh, listen to that many, many times in a row. Well said yet again, Pat. So I want to be completely transparent here. I told Jim before we started the show, I didn't want to put Aaron Rodgers in Sands of the Week this week. Jim just texted me a brand new clip from Aaron Rodgers that just came out. So we're adding it in. We're about to hear from Aaron Rodgers. This is from our friends over at SiriusXM NFL Radio. Aaron Rodgers was asked, when did you ultimately arrive at the conclusion that you would play for the Packers this year? Here's his answer. Mm, about two days before uh, training camp started. Uh, there was conversations in February. I mean, I went through the timeline of my press conference. So since February, I knew I was probably going to be away from the team for most of the offseason. 
based on the responses I was hearing and then into March when nothing really changed. So I just, you know, worked on myself and traveled and had a good uh, good off season, got myself in shape should uh, the prospect of playing again uh, present itself. I was still about 50-50 a few days before. I mean, David likes to give me some like, how come you didn't tell me, you know, you're coming back? And I said, honestly, I didn't I didn't make a final decision until a few days before camp. So, you know, everybody. So there you go. Didn't make a decision until a few days before camp, Pat. I mean, that's kind of what we figured, but to actually hear it from him. Yeah, I think that uh, you probably figured that. But I think if if you said, okay, what's on the, the one hand, the, the scales of liberty, the balance of justice and things like this, what are the things in each pile? I think that you start putting the teammates, the legacy, the chance and opportunity, the fans, everybody else. I think that heavily outweighed the other opportunities, which saying, if I don't do this, what are the negatives and uh, what are the things that happened to me and uh, how can I solidify my future and legacy and opportunities by if I do that? And I think that then it weighs. But I, I think that he probably uh, honestly felt that. Maybe he had opportunities we are not aware of. Maybe he would have taken the Jeopardy thing. It would gig or whatever. Who knows? Uh, but I think that you have to take him at his word and that it was serious and that uh, just even puts a little bit more heat with respect to the front office and understanding and saying, you know, that they may have thought all along it was going to work out, but in his own mind it wasn't. And I think you have to take him at his word for that. I would have to agree with you there, Pat. This is the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, brought to you by our friends at Oak Park Place, who offers seniors and their loved ones peace of mind. Find the right balance of the care you need centered around your lifestyle. Move to a community with neighbors that become like family. Enjoy the comforts of your apartment with an abundance of events just outside your door. Choose the fit that is right for you from independent living to assisted living, memory care, and short-term rehabilitation at Oak Park Place. With locations on Madison's east side in the Nakoma neighborhood, Janesville, and Baraboo, you can visit oakparkplace.com to learn more. That's oakparkplace.com. We're on the Packers. It's possible that they will watch Jordan Love in a preseason. Because we're on Wisconsin sports. And decide that maybe he's not good enough to be the starter in 2022. Nobody covers the green and gold like 100.5 ESPN. I wish I knew you when I was young. Back to the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. We're brought to you in part by Stoughton Health. They have urgent care clinics now open in McFarland. So all they also have them in Stoughton and Oregon and now McFarland. You can learn more at StoughtonHealth.com. Stoughton Health uh, is here for you. This is uh, the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. And, Pat, uh, I wanted to obviously give you an opportunity here. The Brewers uh, just took two versus the Cubs, and the Sailock Cubs kind of sold off and shut it down. But the Brewers have been kind of a middling team since the All-Star break. Lucky for them, nobody in the Central has really pushed them hard enough to worry about winning the division. But at the same time, I think they have higher aspirations than that. And the Giants and the the Dodgers in San Diego, all those other teams out west in particular are kind of separating themselves from uh, the Brewers over these, since the All-Star break. Yeah, I'd say some of them. Although I'd say that the, the Giants game 
was there to be won. And the games, I think that certainly that you could have said they're going either way. And I think they they probably realized that they were in a fight. Uh, the Giants did, and and uh, but for a couple of boos and things like this, who could have been uh, been there. And and I think that they, right now we're playing with a little bit of a disjointed group. I mean, I don't we don't have much help in the bullpen. Uh, than Williams and uh, you know how things kind of sort themselves out. You know, there was really uh, hope that kind of turns around, but it's getting a little bit more sad by each day. It's just, you know, poor Yel- Christian Yelich is just absolutely just struggling with with his mind and his swing and everything else. I mean, he's starting to make a little bit of contact, but you see when the the Adamases and the Garcias and uh, Escobar and uh, Guys like that, you know, they're really honed in. When they go after it, they go after it with a with a real commitment. You know, Christian, I mean, especially against the lefties. I mean, he knows he's going to get that slider or something way in the outside and a down low, and it's just almost uh, it's unhittable from his perspective. And, uh, you know, he's bound to affect it a little bit in the fielding and things like that. But I, I think that, uh, you know, it's it's a good problem to have is we saying, well, if you're going to play somebody else out there, you look what you got to pick from, and you've got Shaw starting to come back. I, mean, I don't know whether where they are with uh, Vogel back, but uh, you know they still have a very nice team, and they're enthused and excited, and and I think that they're getting by a little bit in terms of what someone mentioned on television. I think the other night is in terms of playing a team like the Cubs, and you're not sure what you've got. To, you're you're going up against. I mean, you had the Rizzo's and Baez and Bryant and uh, Schwarber's and people like that, and you knew what to expect out of them. And now you, I find it a little bit hard to believe that you're going to fear the younger guys versus the older guys who were there because that was a pretty strong lineup. But the Brewers are the same way, and there's hopefully that the Adamases and the Taylors and the guys like that that are young and up-and-comers uh, can hang in there and keep going because second, third times around, it's going to be a little bit tougher, but they just seem to have the excitement and enthusiasm pretty hard to beat. But uh, the, uh, the, uh, the the bullpen is going to have to strengthen up and hopefully get past some of these COVID situations so they can uh, be a little bit more of a regular basis. But uh, it's a fun team to watch. No matter what it is, it's a fun team to watch. Oh, absolutely. It is a little surprising. Now, Adamus has been fantastic, but uh, that Yelich, you kind of touched on it, hasn't really gotten back to his form from two years ago. He's a little better than he was last year, but the power's not quite there. The average isn't there. Uh, it's truly remarkable. And yet, Kesson here, I think a guy that they were going to count on to be really good this year, also not quite what you expected, but yet the Brewers are exceeding expectations. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, when you get in there and you get count gets to be uh, 0-1, seems like some of the best pitches that they've they've got to hit have been the first pitches, and they take those. But Christian just seems like he's back on his heels when he's swinging at it and he's not going to reach that outside corner. Hira seems to get kind of uh, caught up in going after some bad balls as well. And uh, But I guess, you know, it's, it's a good time for it to happen right now and maybe get a chance to straighten it out a little bit before we get down towards postseason. But I think the fact that they've got the luxury to do that with – so many guys in the outfield, and uh, you know, every now and then, you all of a sudden, Bradley's still a gamer in terms of uh, an experienced pro, and he'll he'll put uh, put them on top as well. And so it's it's a tough lineup; you just can't get by him. And I think the lefties seem to have a little bit more uh, success than the other team, than the other side, the right-handers. But 
it'll be interesting to see what they do on this uh, road uh, this road trip with respect to uh, you know the longest one was it 10 games in 11 days or 11 and 12 something like that and uh, playing some teams that they probably should have pretty good success with and uh, so I but like I can say I mean they just seem to be pairing up with the Reds you know Reds they'll they'll be a, get a game and then Brewers will get a game and then they'll lose one and Brewers may catch one and they get the seven. I mean, seven games to me is an awful lot. I mean, I just don't see this bunch collapse that far down that they just let that fritter away. I think they're a very competitive bunch, and I think they'll stay on top of it and make it a go for the rest of the season. Well, Pat, as always, we appreciate the time. We'll catch up next week with uh, some okay, preseason football to talk about. Okay, great. Thank you. Good night. This has been the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on Man.